sorry, but I could be the boy you adore. Have you just let me know? Although you are through, I'm attracted to you all the more. Why do I need you so? Baby, baby, try to find a little time. I'll make you happy. I'll be home. I'll be beside the phone waiting for you. Why do you build me up? But if I baby, just to let me down. Hello again. Hello. It's Hannah Smith of Friends, aka Roadside Shaman on Instagram, recording another fireside chat for Open Lines Radio on artbellisdead.com. You might be listening to me live via the Mixler app or their website. Or you're more likely to be listening to this playback on one of your uh, podcast portals. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, etc., etc., ad infinitum. And in any case, whatever manner you found your way connecting to this little transmission. I welcome you and I say hello. I say chukma. I am following through with my prescription. Yay! Day two, castor oil pack. I did the hard part, which was setting it up and sitting myself down and actually remembering to do it and taking the time to do it. So I'm doing that. And because I'm doing that, that gives me opportunity to sit in relative peace and ease and pull some thoughts together maybe do some readings maybe do maybe do some oh you know what I could do that I haven't done you know what okay let's just talk about performance anxiety and operating in our comfort zones or wheelhouses or whatever like you guys if you're listening to open lines radio and you've listened to the other programs um, Mark and Holly are pretty powerful intuitive readers. They both do tarot card readings and they're both very gifted and they've done it professionally. I mean, they've taken in significant uh, um, energetic flow in response to their transmissions. And so I've had the urge a couple times to maybe do a reading just because. I don't know about you guys, but I like the sound of cards shuffling and cards mixing. Like, I just like that sound. Maybe it's an ASMR thing or whatever, but I'm very comforted by the sound of shuffling cards. You know what? I'll just tell you what it is. I just figured it out. Duh. <laughs> I grew up playing bridge. I grew up playing bridge with my parents and grandparents. We also played hearts and a lot of other um, 
card games on the other side of the family, on my mom's side of the family, but on my dad's side of the family, it was bridge, 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 bridge. And my dad made it his mission to teach his children how to play bridge. So uh, my, my dad was a school teacher for much of my growing up years. And so then he was our child care during the summer times because um, my mom tended to work regardless of season. Uh, <clears throat> so he would sit us down and teach us how to play bridge. And I don't know if you guys even know what bridge is because bridge is one of those games that like it's it's a bit out of date, shall we say? It's a bit antiquated. Um like only old people played it when I was learning how to play it and I'm fucking 40 years old now, so <laughs> you can imagine the demographic <laughs> The demographic of people that are typically into bridge, you know, I mean, I learned how to play hearts and um, uh, there was a there was a game in college. It wasn't hearts and it wasn't like bridge, but it was similar enough that like I could go in there and I'm like, oh, this is just like playing bridge without bidding. I can totally do this in my sleep. And like the guys that would play with me, they would like get irritated because. I hadn't been, you know, in the the activity for that long and I was kicking all their asses <laughs> because I had grown up playing Br bridge is an extremely complex um, card game. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I haven't had such a hard time uh, pulling together the ideology or the understanding of the framework of tarot cards is because there a, a lot of there's a lot of parallel overlaps with um playing cards you know and the stories and the ordering and the ranking and the value or whatever so um yeah so I just I love the sound of cards being shuffled and mixed it's just a deeply comforting synesthetic experience for me it just it 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 brings me right back to the table with all my aunts and uncles and my parents, my grandparents, like everybody would take a turn at the bridge table at one, one time or another. And everybody played with varying degrees of comfort, ease, confidence, pleasure, joy. Some people were better at it than others. I had seasons where I was a very passionate, dedicated bridge player. I was very committed to getting better and really wanted to learn more about it. I read books. I like practiced all the time, you know, um, all of my like hobby free time hours were spent in playing games with family and stuff like that. But um, after going through chemotherapy and being on a lot of pharma pharmacological supports and, and interventions, including, you know, narcotics and SSRIs and antipsychotics and anti-anxiety drugs and anti- like neuroleptics or I don't know what they were they were basically like a bunch of drugs and medication so I wasn't too interested in difficult cognitive tasks like keeping track of you know how many trumps had been played or you know what the last bid was three rounds ago or who had a leg on and all that stuff like I just couldn't hold all of those ideas in my head with comfort and so the game wasn't pleasurable and I just it became it became frustrating because like so many things I had to change the way I did them after having 
a cancer experience. I had to totally transform the way I did everything. And the timing of my cancer experience was synchronized with my birth into motherhood. And so that's another transformation experience in and of itself. So that whole season was just a big soup of what even am I right now? So yeah, I haven't really played bridge that much recently. I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of afraid of sucking. I'm afraid of being partnered with someone and then being disappointed in me. I'm afraid of like forgetting the conventions. I'm afraid of missing cues. I'm afraid of doing it wrong. That's basically it. And so I haven't, I haven't played bridge in a a really long time. And, uh, I should because it's good for cognitive practice and it would help me keep my mind active and healthy. So like I should just do it more, but you know, I shouldn't also should all over myself because <laughs> I should do exactly what I'm doing. So what I'm doing is perfect. And I haven't played bridge for a while, but maybe I will again someday. And in the meantime, I just like listening to the sounds of cards shuffling. So, um, yeah, I just kept thinking maybe I'll do a reading, but I haven't because I've been chicken shit. <laughs> Basically, I've been chicken shit, but maybe I won't be. Maybe I will go ahead and pull a card or two because where I sit, all my cards are on the shelf above my head, like behind my bed. Like if you picture a headboard, I have a shelf over my head, behind my bed, behind my, over my head, behind my bed. I'm going to... I'm going to do this. Why not? I mean, I have to sit here anyway. That's the whole point. I must sit here with this castor oil pack on my scars. I'm choosing to sit here and take this time to bring wellness into my life, to soothe my body and my spirit. I'm not unfolding my cloth all the way because that feels a bit much. I don't need the whole big square. I'm, I'm using, I have a spirit cloth from the wild unknown Kim Kranz. If you're not familiar with her, you should check her out on Instagram. Um, uh, I have, I have, uh, lent out my copy of her tarot deck, the wild unknown tarot deck. Um, they, I, I've actually swapped decks with Mark and Holly. I have their uh, tarot of physics. That's uh, a great deck. I watched them do readings on Instagram and was always fascinated when it would pop up because they're so atypical. They're all just like physical reality things. And so um, I wanted to borrow that and they wanted to borrow Kim Cran's deck. So I lent them Kim Cran's deck but I couldn't let go of my um, animal spirit deck even for a few days or a few weeks that would have been I don't know I I like this deck I need it with me I use it a lot that's the best way I can put that so you know some decks are 
tools for every day and some decks are tools for special ceremony. Um, <clears throat> it just depends. So, I don't know. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to set the phone right here near the cards and see if um, and see if that doesn't uh, help pick up the sounds of the rush, rush, rustling cards and ribbons and books. Oh, shark medicine! The bottom of the deck was shark. Do you know that shark is my favorite animal, you guys? Did I mention that yet? Have I mentioned it multiple times? <laughs> I don't know if other people pay attention to that, but I do. I pay attention to what's at the bottom of the deck when you open it shark medicine so maybe that'll be the reading that'll be our animal spirit guide for this reading i always like to pull an animal spirit guide at, um for any reading that i do oh my gosh i feel so chicken right now you guys i'm pulling cards on open lines radio oh no what am i doing there's so many good readers on here angela's a good reader too i've seen her do some stuff on her account on Instagram, you know, between Blue Worlds, if you've been listening to that. I don't want to use this book. I think what I'm going to do... I think what I'm going to do is She-Wolf Tarot, because the readings that she offers in her book are so profound. And since I'm reading verbal stuff, I think that that's important. The imagery is amazing too, of course, but y'all can't see that here. You'll have to check out um, Serpent Fire on Instagram. She Wolf Tarot. Serpent Fire on Instagram. That's what I would recommend because their work is just like a personal development, like masterclass in a tarot deck, basically. The, sheer, the She Wolf Tarot is deeply challenging and transformative. Like, it's not. For fun and games. Like, you know, they say, oh, this is for entertainment. Bullshit. This deck is not for entertainment. I don't find very much remotely entertaining about working with the She-Wolf Tarot. It is one of the most deeply, intimately, spiritually challenging uh, uh, tools I've ever worked with. I mean, you just flip to any page and you're like, damn. Like, it's a message. Spirit is really reading your mail you know, it comes up, it comes up. And I mean, it is just right there. It's bold and it's emboldened. So, so what I usually do is I just pass the cards from one hand to another, you know, and then if something adheres strangely to a finger, it sort of like feels like a magnet. Sometimes that'll mean, oh, that's for me. Sometimes cards will pop out, jump out, flip out. You know, sometimes it's just a big mess and you're like, no, just keep shuffling. And sometimes you can tell, nope, that's definitely a message. See, look, one just flipped right out. Eight of wands. Eight of wands. Upside down, inside out. Uh, infinite multiplicity of feminine bodies in the rainbow spectrum laid out. Looks almost like a rib cage on a serpent. It's just infinite, infinite, infinite. That's what Eight of Wands looks like in the She-Wolf Tarot. That's another one that's stuck to my bottom finger. Knight of Cups. Knight of Cups. Sea of a dark ocean. 
masculine figure, almost reminiscent of Christ, bearded, long hair, very thin, wiry looking. And there's three celestial bodies above. I'm not sure which ones. I'll find out when I read the artwork. Um, <laughs> when I read the artwork uh, description, that because she, she describes the artwork on all of her cards really well, like five cards just fill out. That's that's just me dropping stuff because, you know, my hands are... Let's just say shuffling cards and working with cards is good fine motor practice, good occupational therapy for my hands because they do tend to be a little bit cranky sometimes. I got one more to pull. I know I got one more to pull. At least, I mean, one more to pull. There may be more than one card that comes out because, oh, flip a redo da. Is that too many? What is that? Oh, yeah, that's way too many. <laughs> oh, but they're so good. I think it is awful. Okay, so it's not. Okay, that's interesting. Put the deck down, Hannah, before you turn this into a five-hour long reading because her cards are incredibly in-depth. Queen of Swords, Fool, Seven of Swords, and Devil, all, all in a little packet, all four of them. Wow. Queen of Swords, the Fool, Seven of Swords, and the Devil. Wow. That's intense, you guys. Well, so much for my nice little short personal reading. This is this is new moon magic manifestation for new moon. I don't I don't know. This is intense. Yeah, I'm gonna start by reading the shark because I'm not even sure that these other cards are really. For this reading it almost feels like a secret sigil anyway sorry that was random okay so the shark is um, as we would maybe presume a water um, creature a water symbol and it's the 11th one in this particular deck in this system so 11 is November. We are in the 11 month. We are in the November month. It's an angel number. It's about manifestation, instant manifestation. So shark energy, according to Kim Kranz, is about directness, exposure, revealing true nature and desire. So she says the shark is only dangerous when we don't acknowledge it. This card indicates that something big needs to be exposed. It's lurking in the depths and creating tension. Shark energy takes over us when we are hesitant to be honest, to be totally ourselves, or to say what we really, what we really want. It may be tempting to continue pretending nothing is wrong, but when shark energy is at play, we feel its presence encircling us. So when shark energy is in balance, it's intriguing, captivating, and mysterious. When shark energy is out of balance, it's sneaky and destructive. 
So to bring shark energy into balance, you um, bring honesty. So this is honesty in this reading. And I guess that that means that there is some deeper message that needs to come forth. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had three or we would have had three or four cups instead of six. <laughs> I mean, not cups, cards. Oh, that's interesting little slip of the tongue. All right. Eight of Wands, Knight of Cups, Queen of Swords, Fool, Seven of Swords, and the Devil. So, if you guys know about tarot, this is interesting because there's one, two, Major Arcana, and two um, Court Cards. That's really interesting. Balance Gender. The numbers are good. Seven, eight. I think the number for the fool is zero, right? The fool is usually number zero. And so that's a sort of infinity, the way eight is a number of infinity. And the devil, I think, is number 12 or 13. I can't remember now. Let's look it up. It is... Thirteen, yeah. Oh, Scorpio. Duh, we're in Scorpio right now. Um, new moon in Scorpio. This is what this is. It's saying definitely it's now. Death, rebirth, eternal change, and cycles. I guess we're starting with the devil because that's the card I looked up first. The artwork illumination reads, A simple composition, a cascading woman bearing the head of the ancient Egyptian god Anubis, stands triumphantly receiving and giving a fate. Anubis is the guide into the afterlife, a god whose role is to fully embrace and accept the reality of death. The light reading of this card is that this card has always been taboo. Haha, ha, the devil card and the death card are two of my favorite cards, FYI. She's calling the, the death card the devil card, the devil card the death card. It's basically... the same. Why did she rename it? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. See you guys? Do you see how unfamiliar I am with it? Newbie. That says devil. And I thought that it was 13. No, devil is 15. Capricorn. Oh! <gasps> Whoa, that makes way more sense, actually. Going the distance, uncompromising, risk-taking, joy and pleasure going our way. Here we go. Excuse the error, but maybe it wasn't an error. Maybe it was just somebody else needed the death card. Even though I didn't pull it, somebody needed to hear about the death card. All right, so the devil is Capricorn. Keys are going the distance, uncompromising, risk-taking, joy and pleasure going our way. I heard a lot of people talking about taking joy and pleasure and not letting pleasure be robbed by our fear. Maybe that's what that's about. The Baphomet is the traditional illustration of the devil, and this takes the imagery in a slightly different direction. 
Here we have the devil herself and her two winged counterparts representing the dualistic spectrum of experience. There is so much to be seen, felt, and understood, and the devil is not afraid of taking it all on. Here she is proud, sleek, sensual, and defiant. Her willfulness is what stands out most about her. All of the radical thinkers and makers in her story have a little devil in them. There is no devil or negative con there is no evil or negative connotation to this. The devil, in this case, represents someone who strikes off on their own direction, someone who is unafraid of the unknown and willing to overturn all stones and go down dark passages others tremble to even imagine in order to seek knowledge and truth. The only issue tends to be that the further we go, the more misunderstood we may become. Those who don't immediately see the benefits of our path, oh, path is, is um, marked, they're talking about path in the spiritual sense. However, if we receive this card, we are being asked to stay the course and not be dissuaded by those who would rather us remain within a comfort zone for their sake. If we have a mission, we must fulfill it no matter what. There is so much joy to be found in the risks we take on this journey. The shadow reading of the devil card is that fear and trepidation may be staying our legs. The opinions of others may have gotten the better of us, making us feel like our ideas are too radical, our lifestyle is too loose, our goals are too out there. We can choose to listen to this and remain in the crowd, or we can break free and run. This card is asking us to run, be willful, be defiant. Doesn't that sound like the fool? Wow. That does sound like the fool, doesn't it? The shadow indication may also point toward an excess of radicalism at the expense of others. The Wiccan read states, And ye harm none, do what ye will. Chase down truth, but do not cause others to suffer. The mantra for this card is, I serve no master except for myself. I, I think that the fact that it came through with the fool is important no fear of the devil no fear of death fools don't heed authority do they fools haven't met their authority yet I guess or fools think that they are their own authority either way The fool is zero. Uranus. The keys are journey, leap, passion, trust, void, as in the void, as in the big void. Ha, the mantra is the unknown is a friend I haven't met yet. There you go. It's about releasing fear and trusting our internal authority. For sure. For sure and certain. So the Seven of Swords and the Queen of Swords came together. That means spiritual authority, spiritual completion. Because for me, Seven is all about spiritual completion. Like infinity. I know Seven isn't infinity, but it is. I, I don't know how to explain that. Eight is infinity, but Seven is spiritual infinity completion. I, mm, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't make a good English about that one. That's okay. Sometimes you don't need English. Sometimes you need words and music that flow in a different tongue. Cups, wands, and swords. Swords. The swords. 
The Seven of Swords is about Moon in Aquarius. The keys are masks, illusion, deceit, foe, changeling. Okay, so be mindful of an enemy, perhaps. Yeah, masking. More about masking. More about unmasking. Ruling the mental sphere, swords can be quite cunning and deceitful when on the shadow path. We may be wearing masks of ill-conceived intentions at the moment or coming across them in someone else. Perhaps lower vibrational emotions such as jealousy, envy, and resentment are at work, causing our guts to stir and wish for failure. Conversely, this may point to someone near who is pretending to be our friend but is secretly envious of us and wants to, to lure us to defeat. In any case, someone is not who they seem, and cutting to the heart of the matter may be difficult. I think the someone that we're talking about is ourself. This is directed to ourselves. This is internally. It must be, because this is all about internal authority, taking the leap, trusting yourself, trusting your vision, unmasking. <laughs> Even look, the, ma the, the mantra... The mantra for this card is, I cast off my mask and find joy in the success of others. The shadow reading is all about jealousy and, and, and not allowing our own feelings of victimhood or bitterness to disable our own compassion or joy for others. There's a word called compersion. Compersion. C-O-M-P-E-R-S-I-O-N. Compersion. And basically it means the deeply... Uh, intimate, joyful feeling you can have watching someone that you love or are connected to feel joy and love. In other words, someone that you care about is having a good day and you feel that good dayness within yourself. So that's, I think, what this message is about. It's about unmasking, finding our joy, feeling our own authority, our own internal awareness so that we don't turn our bitterness towards others. We need to find joy in other people's successes. That's how we all climb upward. It's not about competition, people. Kings and queens do not compete. They reign. Sovereigns reign with their own internal authority. We have the knight. We have the queen. We have the fool. We have the devil. They're all equally sovereign. Each of those characters is equally sovereign in their own internal authority. The Queen of Swords is ruling this energy that I've just been talking about. So let's see who she is. Virgo and Libra. The keys of the Queen of Swords are overcoming obstacles, perspective, strength, ideals, and clear perception. High above the clouds, this is the artwork illumination. High above the clouds, as if they are her home, a woman kneels gracefully, overlooking heavenly space. There is not much else occurring, with the exception of Venus making a soft appearance, and there doesn't need to be. She is the queen of the air element, and high above it all is where she belongs. Here, she has more than a bird's eye view. She has the perspective of the tallest mountains, of the stratosphere, even of the stars. 
The light reading of this card is that when we are neck deep in a situation, it is nearly impossible to gain perspective from it. When we have had some time and distance away, however, new thoughts and outlooks come into being. Up close, everything seems large, and we can become overwhelmed by many details. From a distance, everything appears smaller, and nuances don't matter as much. Perspective is so important for our peace of mind. It is crucial to have boundaries that feel good, serving our highest and healthiest ideals. When this queen arrives in a reading, we are being asked to take a step back or up from the situation at hand and gain more insight into all elements involved. Our clarity right now depends upon it. The shadow reading is that to be so high up in the clouds is perhaps to be unreachable. Boundaries are quite necessary and healthy for our well-being and the divine unfurling of our relationships with others. But too many boundaries can create a fortress and make us completely inaccessible. We must be careful not to be cold with others simply because we want to remain strong. There is so much strength in vulnerability too. Just don't give it all away up front. The mantra for this card is that a clear perspective comes from taking a step back. That's nice. I feel that. I feel that for sure. I get why the Scorpio came up in my confused mind because it is new moon in Scorpio. Like that's what it is right now. It was just confirming that this was a new moon reading. This was a reading for the new moon. It's a general reading for the new moon. <clears throat> general energetic reading for the new moon. Okay. Does that make sense? The question came in the um, reading. Uh, that's how my system works. It's like bass backwards over you know ass over tea kettle don't mind me i do everything backwards because hey yoka sacred clown i want to meet this knight of cups now i really do i'm curious about them i'm a water sign so i love all the cups 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 i'm a quadruple water sign so i really love the cups Cups is all about water, emotion, the unconscious, union, spiritual flow, the ether. Oh my God, this whole time I was reading this as the king of cups and it's the knight. <laughs> Either the card changed in my visioning, like a Mandela effect or I'm more dyslexic than I thought. I don't know. Or I don't know. I thought this had king of cups this whole time, but it's the knight. That's just affirming that I'm really in a novice mode with uh, my tarot card reading. I have great divinatory practices, you guys. But tarot card, I'm totally novice mode. Newbie, noob, noob, newbie. Barely been doing this a couple years. And mostly just for myself and a few friends every now and again. So... Uh, so with that, I will say, when you're listening to this reading, consider the source. Take this reading with that understanding that this is a very intimate window into my process and my practice and how I do it. And you can see how bumblefuck I am about it still. <laughs> 
Uh, but I agree that everything that comes up is appropriate and as it should be. So even my mistakes, so-called, I accept as sacred messages from spirit. Okay. Knight of Cups, Libra and Scorpio. The keys are softness, vision, compassion, creativity, water, and air. The artwork illumination is a contemplative, wistful man looks off in the distance, half submerged in a pool of water. Above him, Venus, Pluto, and Mars. Those are the three celestial bodies I was describing. Venus, Pluto, and Mars hang in a triad along with more active water, dividing the card in a balanced way between the two elements, water and air. Venus rules love and passion, whilst Pluto and Mars have their more overt challenges, such as the revealing of truth, darkness before the dawn, the creation that comes after destruction, and the animalistic nature within us, survival, angst, aggression and the like the water element represents our emotional nature and air our intellect the combination of these two forces in action the light reading is that although there are astrological challenges to this card there is a pervasive softness and calmness that comes through the most inner conflicts are resolved and channeled into creativity the Knight of Cups comes to us in service of our highest creations. He wants us to find the balance between our emotions and our mental space, not to heed or prioritize one over the other, but to see how they both interplay together in harmony. He wants us to find a way to be creative through our conflicts, to not automatically go into destruction with them. The shadow reading is that although clear visions may be bountiful, we may be getting caught up in lower realms of expressing our heightened emotions. We can envision the cool blue waters soothing us and bringing our internal emotional temperature down, slowing our racing thoughts. We can channel our feelings into art, music, dance, or anything creative that helps us expel what we no longer need to be holding on to. The mantra for this card is, I transmute my intense emotions into beauty. Yes, we do. Again, I'm reading the She-Wolf Tarot by Devani Wolf, and you can find her um, on Instagram at Serpentfire. At Serpentfire on Instagram, Devani Wolf. Oh, this is heavy duty, you guys. This is heavy duty. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling challenged by this in some intimate personal work that I'm going to be needing to look through and not not be overlooking. I really need to take this reading seriously because I'm feeling a lot of personal challenges here. So the Eight of Wands is about Mercury and Sagittarius. The keys are rapid, fleeting, blindsiding, lightning strike, ascension. Wow. The artwork illumination is a woman, supine, arches her back towards the sky. She cascades upwards, leaving us feeling visually impacted, even dizzy. The card name 
in the Aleister Crowley deck is swiftness, and here her rapid ascension can be felt. The light reading for this is that this can be a time where a lot happens, leaving us with a little vertigo. A time when one thing after the other occurs, and a good deal of it may be heavy, intense, and life-changing. <laughs> Didn't I just say it felt heavy and intense, and like it applied to me personally in my life? Wow. Periods tend to go that way. Sometimes it can seem as though nothing takes place for a good while, and then suddenly things are tr raining from the sky, falling through the door, upending the floor, coming through the walls. This is a time when we may endure high highs and low lows and have no idea what may fall into our laps next. As a result, we may be feeling anxious, stressed, and even panicked. When we receive this card, we're being asked to pull out our best relaxation techniques, whatever they are, baths, meditating, a spa day, sex, dive in and take care. Journal, if that feels right, to keep track of all the things that are being experienced. On the other hand, we may be really relishing in the swiftness. If we are fast processors and thrive when things are occurring quickly, we may be quite happy right now. Oh, please let it be so. 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 From your mouth to creator's ears, because I love when things are a little bit stormy, chaotic, swift, brackish. I like that transition zone. I really thrive in that chaotic energy. So, yeah. That would be good. The shadow reading is that since wands are the fire element in this suit, we deal a lot with burnout and recklessness. In a panicked state, we may be thoughtlessly trying to get our lives under control, needlessly aggressive and angry with those who are trying to help us put it all together. Mercury reminds us to communicate effectively and slow down when necessary. If our needs are not being met, we must try to impart that in a way that does not unduly criticize or diminish. Our mantra for this card is, I meditate through the chaos and find a calm center in the storm. Oh my howdy. Like, I really do love this deck, you guys. I love her guidebook. I love her counsel. This book, this deck, just like seriously be about it. Because even if you don't know anything about tarot cards or reading or reading systems, there's such powerful spiritual wisdom and healing in this little little thin book and these cards are beautiful I mean they're just powerful transformative atypical modern somewhat surrealistic in places but sensual very much you know just compelling imagery I highly recommend this deck so there there's a little commercial for serpent fire tarot and for also for my progressive tarot peeps over at uh, Open Lines Radio, they they do readings. They take dollars for readings, so if you're looking for that in your life, hey man, easy transmission of energy. You give them the dollars, they give you the four one one. They give you the straight dope. They give you the secret knowledge. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good reading. I feel like there's something else waiting and I don't know what it is. Oh, it's another animal. 
that's what it is. I need another animal because that bottom of the deck reading was great, but I really want to shuffle these cards and I hope we get another friend. We need another friend. We need a guide to get through this moon. Who's going to help us find our calm center in that storm? There it is. Ah, snake. Infinite. Zero. Abundance. Didn't I say infinite? That zero is another form of infinity. That's Ouroboros. We are at the moment where Quetzalcoatl is rising. The Sky River Goddess is singing, Fare thee well, sing to low, fare thee well, sing to low, fare thee well, sing to low, fare thee well, sing to low. The snake medicine is so strong right now, you guys. Ouroboros. In this card, seven, number seven. Number seven. Snake is number seven, spiritual completion. It's also my favorite number, in case I didn't mention that. Seven is my favorite number. Shark is my favorite animal. So what do I pull but my favorites? That's how you know that you're, they're your deck. If they're tuned to you, they bring you what you want. That's But that's why I don't read my cards a lot, you guys, because I'm tired of getting messages that are what I want to hear. Like, I don't want yes men. I want the truth. And since I have such a strong ability to pull cards that I like, what I end up getting is a lot of messages of like, oh yeah, that's comforting, but it's not necessarily what I need to hear. It's what I like to hear. It's not what I need to hear. Does that make sense? So I usually end up asking other people to help me with readings a little bit here and there because, uh, because I need the truth. So yeah, the seventh, uh, the seventh animal in the earth quadrant earth quarter quintuplet or whatever five sessions it's earth air fire water and spirit so yeah this is earth the seventh guardian of unawakened magic guardian of unawakened magic and creative potential the snake is a symbol of our highest potential. It is said that Shakti, our creative life force, lies dormant at the base of our spine. Didn't I say that that Eight of Wands card looked like a snake spine? I did say that. I said it looked like a ribcage and a spine of a snake. Fucking spirit messages. Like, synchronicity. Ridiculous. Whatever. It's like, the point is, even if you're a newbie, spirit comes through. Spirit comes through with your messages, regardless of how experienced or unexperienced you are. It is said that Shakti, our creative life force, lies dormant at the base of our spine in the form of a coiled snake. Regardless of whether this image rings true for you, it's well worth considering the amount of unawakened or untapped potential within. What would life look like if you woke it up? How can you stir it from slumber? An experienced yoga or meditation teacher can lead the way. Make haste. The snake card appears when there is no more time to waste. That means y'all going to get your kundalini snapped. Y'all going to get your kundalini tickled. Y'all going to get your kundalini awakened. If it's already awake, it's going to get a little, you know, reverb. So look out. Do what you got to do to balance your kundalini energy. That's what that means. Pretty sure. So look out. Because here it comes. 
I had a doozy of one the past couple weeks. I mean, whoo, kundalini burn is intense. When you get a kundalini burn, it is not to be trifled with. So when snake energy is in balance, you feel prosperous, creative, and charismatic. When it's out of balance, you might start and stop a lot of things. To bring it into balance, do what did we say? Kundalini yoga. That's what it says right here. Kundalini yoga and meditation. Kim Kranz agrees. That's the animal spirit, the wild unknown animal spirit guidebook written and illustrated by Kim Kranz. Another intense recommendation. I seriously can't, cannot recommend their guidance enough. It is, I, it's, it was my first card deck that I worked with was the animal spirit deck. I really just, I love those animal spirits. They are, they're my jam. They're my jam. Is that the completion? Is that the completion? I think it is. I think that's the completion, y'all. Shark and snake. Eight of Wands, Knight of Cups, Queen of Swords, Fool, Seven of Swords, and the Devil. That is quite a reading. Very rich, very full. And if you guys want to dig deeper, if you're curious about the images, I'm going to... Oh, I shouldn't put these away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take pictures of them first. I'm going to take a picture so you guys can see all of this beautiful artwork and you can see the ridiculousness of my lap tarot because I have I'm doing uh I'm doing uh castor oil pack as I told you um so yeah this is interesting lap tarot reading <laughs> uh but hey you know it all it all works it's all good in the hood as they say, as they say, as they say. And you can find those images. I'm adding some crystals onto here. If you read crystals and you like crystals, um, you can intuit significant meanings from the crystals that show up in the reading. Sometimes I lay them down before the reading and sometimes I add them mid-reading. Sometimes I put them out there after. It just, it really just depends. Ooh, these ones go here. Lepidolite. Woohoo! And that's a little, like, bit of granite that my dad handed me. Ooh, and a moonstone from my Juliet, my temple sister. That's a good reading. Okay, I'm going to totally take this picture now, you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry for coughing into your earbuds if you're listening on earbuds. Let's see. There's some artwork. Hopefully I have enough light to do a good picture. Let's see. Um, and then I'll do, you know what I can do is I can do just like a little mini video and I'll put that up on Instagram so you can see the details a little bit better. I don't know if this is going to stop my recording. I hope not, but 
Maybe I'll wait. You know what? I'll say, I'll say bye, and then I'll start the recording just in case it pauses my recording. That's, that's, that works, because I'm almost at an hour, and good Lord, that's a long enough episode. Good night, nurse. Okay, so I say, fare thee well, seen to low. Abba Benili says hello to me and to you. I say, chukma, chupisilacho means hello. I will see you as the Chickasaw have no word for goodbye. Chihololi. Broke down, thought that I would drown Hope that I'd been found for I hit the ground Sunday's at the corner of my eye Yeah Saw you weeping, saw you creeping Saw you sneaking in the shadows Don't feel so strong Saw you at the corner of my eye